I'm curious, do you have a really great BS detector? You're, maybe you're often skeptical of others. Are you really street smart? Would you say you're pretty self-assured? You often find yourself being the leader in the group. Maybe you even struggle to ask for help. Do you love a good challenge? Do you fight really hard for the causes you believe in? Do you have a great sense of humor? I bet you're a blast. You might have thought that these were all parts of your personality, but they might actually be coping mechanisms you've picked up over the course of your life, and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially on this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit and then they became a pattern. And now as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's so interesting, right? There are five different personality patterns and they're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs but rather they describe the safety strategies that we immediately go to when we start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who we are so much as what's blocking who we are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern, and then you can live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com forward slash quiz Now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. My kids should eat this or my kids shouldn't eat that or my kids, you know, shouldn't watch that much TV or they shouldn't fight or my, you know, husband and I should get along or we should live in a better neighborhood or I should get a better job or I should work more. I should call my parents or we should get a dog or we should go on a summer vacation, like whatever those shoulds are. Some of them might be true, but I would venture to say that Some, maybe most of them are probably not. They're probably not. And you got to get intentional and purposeful in analyzing those shoulds and weeding out all the ones that are BS and just letting them go because they will drive you crazy. Welcome to the Calm Mom Podcast, the show for ambitious women ready to get off the hot mess express. I know you've got a lot going on. You work so hard. You're raising an incredible family, and sometimes it can be overwhelming. I'm your host, Michelle Grosser. I'm a certified master life coach, attorney, wife, and mom. And years ago, I was right where you are. I was running a busy law practice while raising a family, and I was on the fast track to burnout. I thought I just needed to be more organized or have better routines but it was learning how to heal and regulate my nervous system that expanded my capacity to gracefully hold more of this big, beautiful life. You too are worthy of an extraordinary life in and beyond motherhood. Learning to be a calm, anchoring presence in your home and at work is going to be your superpower. If you're here to do the inner work that brings a sense of calm amidst the chaos, I'm here to join you on that journey. Each time you press play, your growth continues. So let's get at it. What's up, you guys? Michelle Grosser here, your master coach, and welcome to the Calm Mom podcast. So grateful you're here. I love spending time with you guys. Before we jump in today, I just wanted to ask if you have left a five-star rating for the show yet, or have you shared this podcast with a friend? And if not, maybe today is the day. 
if you could take a minute, give the show a five-star rating, maybe share this episode or another episode with a friend of yours. It's truly the best way that you guys can thank me if you found any value or any encouragement in this project, in this community. Um, I just thank you. I thank you for listening. I thank you for being a part of it. I thank you for your ratings and your reviews and your shares. Um, I just seriously have the best audience. You guys are so amazing. So thank you. All right. Speaking of amazing, I want to talk about self-care boundaries that have really moved the needle for me. These are boundaries that I decided to set with myself. (laughs) These are not boundaries around others, um, boundaries around what, you know, people are saying or doing or not saying or not doing. Like, this is all about me. (laughs) This is what I decide, I choose that I will or will not tolerate within myself, just me, myself, and I. And I guess this isn't really the point of today's episode, but a really powerful exercise that I encourage all of you to take at some point is really this like honest look at what am I tolerating? Like what kind of stuff am I doing or not doing that I know isn't working for me and I'm not changing it? Like I'm not doing anything about it. I'm just tolerating it. And why is that? And guys, this is like really, this is really powerful reflection, especially that curiosity part, like why? And these four things I'm going to share with you today, these four boundaries, these self-care boundaries that really made a difference for me. They're things that I was tolerating. It's things that I was doing um, that some part of me, I think, knew wasn't for my highest good, wasn't for the highest good, wasn't for the best for my family. And when I finally got out of my own way and I actually did something about it, like I stopped tolerating it, massive ROI. Like guys, the payoff was immeasurable. So I want to share these four boundaries, these self-care boundaries with you today because these are four that came to mind and I think they can also have a massive payoff, massive impact, massive ROI for you guys too. Okay, so the first one is that I started to say no a lot more. Just no. Nope. Like I don't have the bandwidth. I can't make it. You know, thanks for thinking of me. I can't do it this time. Deleting emails, like mass emails, asking people to do stuff without responding, declining to be in meetings, declining to be on calls that I knew were not a good use of my time, like just getting really, really comfortable, really, really familiar saying no, no. And it also, not also, it almost became kind of like this inner challenge for me for a season in my life. Like how much, how often can I say no? And it's not because I was being a jerk. It's not because I was like hibernating or avoiding life or being lazy. It's because every time you say yes, you are saying no to something else. And the inverse is also true, you guys. Like every time you say no to something, you're saying yes to something else. It's just it's just a law. It's just like the truth, right? And I was in a season where I was exhausted and I was burnt out. And I had been in go mode like nearly 24-7 and I wasn't taking care of myself. I wasn't prioritizing the right things. I was freaking depleted. And maybe a lot of you guys can resonate with that. And what I noticed is that every time I would say no to something that wasn't actually like a full body yes, 
it created more space and it created more time and it created more energy and more attention for the things I actually cared about, i.e. my sanity, my health, my children, my husband, my faith, like my personal growth. Saying no is the only way to create that space for the things that actually matter to me. It's the only way. Like our energy, our time, our attention, like all of that stuff is limited, right? We don't have unlimited time. We don't have unlimited energy. So we've got to create some margin so we have space, time, energy, attention for the things that are important to us. It's the only way. When you have margin, guys, you have choices. Like hear me on that. When you have margin in your life, when you have blank space in your calendar, when you're not booked every single second or filling every single second with something to do, you have choice, right? In the margin, you can check in. Ah, how am I feeling today? Right? What does my body need today? What does my mind need today? What does my soul need today? And you can be intentional and you can be present and you can be purposeful and you can be um, spontaneous because you have that built in. You're not obligated to be somewhere. You don't have all of these other commitments. So you can be intentional and present and purposeful instead of running around on the Hot Mess Express. And I know some of you guys listening, you're already really good at saying no. Like I know some of you have that flex and you're really good at it. You've practiced it. Like I am good at it now. I was not good at it five years ago. So if this is something you're already really good at, like you say no all the time and you decline stuff and you make sure that you create that space for yourself so that when the opportunity arises, you can say yes to the things that are super important to you, like freaking go girl, like keep keep at that. But if this is something that's landing for you and you're like, holy moly, like maybe that's a part of why I'm so exhausted or I'm so burnt out. Like I've, I've overcommitted to a bunch of crap I really don't want to be doing. Like, let's be honest. Like start taking a red pen to your calendar. Just do it. Like start taking a red pen to your calendar and start canceling stuff. Send out those texts, make calls, like start backing out, start saying no to what you can say no to, start declining some stuff. You don't have to be at everything and really prepare yourself, prepare your nervous system, prepare your body if you have to, to be able to handle and release others' responses to that cancellation, right? People are probably going to be disappointed. They might have, you know, some ideas about it and opinions and they might feel let down. And I just want to encourage you right now as you're I'm going to step in as your coach right here, prepare yourself because you're going to have to fight that urge to overfunction, right? You're going to have to fight that urge, that patterning that you have to feel bad about it, the situation, feel bad for them, to take on responsibility, right? For their disappointment that is not yours. It's not your responsibility. It's not yours to carry. And that's a muscle. Releasing the urge to overfunction is a pattern, guys. It's a muscle. It's, it's, it's one of those things where the more that you practice it, the more that you practice saying no and then responding, releasing others' responses to your boundary, to your no, the better you'll get at it, right? The easier it's going to come and you will flourish in that margin that it creates. I promise you. So that's my self-care boundary number one. I do not say yes. I do not commit to anything anymore unless I truly want to do it unless it truly serves and aligns with my values. Okay. Number two, self-care boundary. Number two is 
around self-criticism. I do not criticize myself. That is a boundary I have set that I do not break with myself. I don't do it. I will not criticize myself. And how did I get to this point? I first, you guys know where I always start, awareness. <laughs> we cannot change things we are not aware of, right? We cannot intervene in a world that we do not see. So first, I had to get super aware of my inner voice, right? How was I speaking to myself? And when I became aware of the ways in which I was criticizing myself, I stopped the pattern. I broke it. I stood in the gap and I was like, nope, not doing this, right? I caught it and I changed direction. And it wasn't this process of like white knuckling it, right? It wasn't like all day long. I was like, don't say anything mean to yourself. Don't criticize yourself. Like it wasn't white knuckling it. And it also wasn't a process of catching myself being self-critical and then beating myself up for being self-critical and criticizing myself for criticizing myself for criticizing myself. And this becomes this perpetuating cycle of negative self-talk. It wasn't that either. This is what it was. It was a transition. It was a, a subtle replacement of, of self from self-criticism to self-compassion. It was a transition from self-criticism to self-compassion. So instead of being hard on myself, I learned and I practiced over time, right? Consistently getting curious instead of getting judgmental. And that inevitably led to self-compassion, you guys, every single time. If you start getting curious instead of getting judgmental, if you start getting compassionate instead of getting critical, you will grow every time. It's beautiful. And here's the thing. Here's why it's not as hard to do as it sounds. Because there is a reason for every single thing that we do. And once we kind of unlock and understand and embody that, that becomes our go-to. Like, why did I do that? It's the curiosity. Hmm, why did I do that? Instead of like, oh, you're the world's worst mom. No, hmm, why did I do that? Right? Like you didn't forget your kid's lunch because you're a bad mom. You didn't snap at your kids because you're a bad mom. It's because you're a freaking human and you have seven bajillion things going on in your head and you forgot or you lost your cool and it's okay. It's okay. Like I sent my kids to camp on, on Wednesday this week, which is the day that they have ballet after camp. And all morning long on Wednesday morning, I was like, I knew I was forgetting something, but it just wouldn't click. Like it just didn't register. I don't know if you guys have ever felt that. Like I'm like something, like what? Like, something's off, but I can't put my finger on it. And then at the end of the regular camp day, I was like scrambling to pick them up at their normal release time. And I was like, I was running a minute late. I'm like running through the parking lot. I get there and the camp director's like, oh, like your girls are still in ballet. They'll be, they'll be done in, a, in an hour or whatever it was. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> ah, like that's what I forgot today. I knew there was something. And of course, initially I'm like, dang it. Like, and as ballet ends, you know, all the little girls come out with these perfect little ballet buns in their hair, ballerina buns, and they're in their pink tutus and they're in their pink tights and their pink ballet slippers. And my girls come out with like, you know, tangled hair that looks like there's a bird's made its nest in there. And they're wearing like baggy jeans and their stained Paw Patrol t-shirt. And I know years ago, that would have probably made me feel pretty crappy about myself. 
And I might have had some not so kind things to say to myself. And I probably would have over apologized to the dance teacher and the kids and been embarrassed and whatever to the point where my kids would have been like, chill mom, like it's not a big deal. (laughs) Because guess what? They're right. It's not a big deal. And I acknowledged it to them. And I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm so sorry you didn't have your hair in a bun today. And I totally forgot your dance outfit. Like I forgot. And they're like, no big deal. Like we got to dance barefoot and whatever. They, They were already over it. And on the drive home, I was like, yep, you know, midweek, 4th of July holiday, like that'll do that to you. We had a lot going on this morning. We were all trying to get back into the swing of things. And like the girls slept in this morning because they stayed up late last night because it's the 4th of July. Like it happens. And I went to my planner right when I got home and I wrote, you know, dance and like highlight it in big bold letters on Wednesday for the rest of the summer. Um, so I can help myself win and I can fix that glitch, right? Doesn't mean that I'm just like, oh, no big deal. Like I'll let it happen again next week. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is that I didn't beat myself up over it. I did not criticize myself because it is not helpful. You guys, it doesn't help. It actually doesn't help us do better or be better. It doesn't motivate us. Self-criticism causes dysregulation. Let me say it again. Self-criticism causes dysregulation in your nervous system because it doesn't feel safe, right? Criticism doesn't feel safe. It's not helpful. It throws our brain into survival. It perpetuates anxiety and resentment and fear and rage and this constant state of stress. But self-compassion, on the other hand, is actually quite effective. It's an effective motivator because what happens is that when we are in a space of self-compassion, It regulates our nervous system. It gives us access to our prefrontal cortex because it feels safe. And that is the learning part of our brain. That is a part of our brain where when we have access to it, we are at our best. We are just awesome. We are on. It's where we see things from a rational perspective and we can like problem solve and be creative and think of solutions and respond instead of react and have patience and like All the good things, those come from compassion, not criticism. They come from compassion. So I have put a very firm boundary on my self-talk. I will not criticize myself. I mess up all the time. I I just do because I'm a person. But I I don't get critical over it. I don't criticize myself. I get curious. What's going on here? Why did I miss that? Why did I lose my cool? Why did I snap there? Why am I exhausted at 2 p.m.? Like, why is my house a freaking disaster today? Like, there's a reason for all of it. And when I get curious, I can extend myself some compassion because the truth is that I'm doing the best I can. And so are you. So are you. So yeah, I let, you know, I, I dropped the ball. I let someone down. I'm going to adjust. I'm going to try to make it better. I'm going to try to set myself up for success, but then I'm going to move on. I'm not going to criticize myself about it because it's not effective. And guys, before I, before I move on to the next one, like, let me just encourage you that the same is true for our kids. Compassion is a way more powerful motivator. It's a way more powerful teacher. Compassion is a powerful coach much more so than criticism. So like lest we repeat these patterns in our children, 
it's so powerful for us to be mindful of that, like compassion over criticism, compassion over judgment, compassion is a freaking, it's a freaking weapon for good, you guys. I've got a question for you. Do you sometimes feel like you're more sensitive than other people? Does the routine stress of life just feel overwhelming? Maybe sometimes you feel like you could just tap out or run and hide. Are you really creative? You got this great imagination. Or maybe you feel like you're disconnected from your body or like you're a misfit here on earth. You might have thought that's just how you are. All these things are just part of your personality. But they're actually coping mechanisms that you've picked up over the course of your life and they're having a huge impact on how you show up, especially in this motherhood journey. Are you curious to know more? You've got to take my personality patterns quiz. Here's what's going on. When you were a child, whenever an experience overwhelmed your nervous system, you subconsciously built a defense against that overwhelm. Over time, those defenses became a habit, then they became a pattern. Now, as an adult, what we think of as our personality is often this defense pattern running the show. It's interesting, right? There are five personality patterns. They're not personality types like the Enneagram or the Myers-Briggs, but rather they describe the safety strategies that you immediately go to when you start to feel overwhelmed. They don't describe who you are, but rather what is blocking who you are. The good news is that once you take my quiz and learn about your pattern, you can learn skills to break out of that pattern and live and parent your kids as your true and authentic self. Click on the quiz link in the show notes or go to michellegrosser.com slash quiz now to take my two-minute personality pattern quiz. Okay, so that's number two. Number three, the third boundary, self-care boundary that I have is around comparison. Whoo, comparison. I stopped comparing. I stopped comparing myself to other people. I stopped comparing my marriage to other marriages. I stopped comparing my kids to other kids. I stopped comparing my kids to each other. I stopped comparing my house. I stopped comparing my business. I stopped comparing my church. Like I stopped comparing because literally nothing good comes from it. It's true. Nothing good. Nothing. So I started to become, again, hyper aware of when I was catching myself in comparison. And guys, comparison can be so sneaky right? Your friend comes over with her kids and like, oh, they don't eat blue box mac and cheese because it's not organic or whatever. And all of a sudden you start to like feel bad about what you're feeding your kids. Or you go to your friend's, your kid's friend's house and you don't see like a million Barbies everywhere, like freaking plastic crap everywhere. And you start to wonder like, oh, maybe I should have only bought my kids wooden Montessori toys. Or I don't know, you like scroll IG and you see your, your, college friend still has like a freaking six pack somehow and you're sitting there with your like c-section scars and loose skin like hanging out of your shorts like maybe speaking speaking for myself on that one it's like there's just something inside you shrinks a little bit and it's poison you guys it's poison and it's not only poison because you're freaking amazing and and comparison will make you question your amazingness <laughs> It's poison because it's actually untrue. Like it's actually a lie because we don't know the whole of anyone's story. Like we just don't know. 
all we know is what we think we know. All we know is what we see. All we know is what they tell us. All we know is what we assume. And that, and, and, and that can be really harmful because people can be really good at putting on airs, you guys. Like that friend with the Pinterest house, like how much stress does that Pinterest house cause her and her family? You don't know. Like maybe her kids are walking around on eggshells for fear that she's going to like lose her cool if they make a mess. Or maybe she's like unintentionally raising little little rule followers who will be forever limited in their creativity because they're so rigid and like obsessed with order, right? And I'm not I'm not coming hard at you if you have a super clean house, like God bless you. What I'm saying is that everything has a cost. And so often we lose sight of that. Right? We see we see what looks shiny and good, but we don't know the cost. We don't even think about the cost. So don't assume that someone else is just like doing it better or doing it perfectly or doing it how you should be doing it because you don't know the whole story and you're doing just fine. But you need to stop being distracted by what everyone else is doing and stop letting it make you feel like crap and you got to stay in your lane and you got to crush your lane. So like, is my home clean? Parts of it, like sometimes, <laughs> that's okay. It's freaking lived in. And the four of us who live here, like it is our favorite place to be on the planet. And that's what's important to me. Do my kids eat mac and cheese and pizza and Doritos? Like, yeah, sometimes because that's a decision that I make as their parent. And you make whatever decision works for you and your kids as their parent. And, And you know, you do you and you don't let anyone make you feel bad about it. My kids also eat vegetables and chicken and sometimes a cookie, right, with their breakfast. And there's no food shaming and there's no body shaming in our house and there's no, like, forcing them to eat anything. There's no labels on, like, this is good food or this is bad food because that's what's important to us. And you do what's important to you. And that kind of brings me to my point number four, (laughs) which is related to this point number three about comparison. And this point number four, this self-care boundary number four, you guys, it's so freaking freeing. And I'm so glad you stuck around for it because here it is. My number four boundary, my self-care boundary is around all of the shoulds. All of the shoulds that we hear and allow in and put on ourselves and allow others to put on us And when I started questioning all of the quote-unquote shoulds, and I mean all of them, the shoulds for me, the shoulds for my kids or about my kids, the shoulds around my marriage, my business, my home, everything, right? Anytime any variation of should came through my brain, I paused and I questioned it. You know, like, I don't know what something, okay, attorneys should have an office, right? I was paying out the wazoo for this space that I never went to because I love working at home so that I could just have this like high rise downtown address if people Googled my law firm, right? Attorneys who are respectable should have an expensive office. Like really? Really? Like says who? Says who? Is that really true for me? No, it's not. I closed down the office. I moved everything into my spare bedroom. I converted it into an office. It's where I'm sitting right now. And I'm running a very busy, very successful law firm from right here. And guys, like, 
there's so many shoulds. So often we're not even aware of them and how much control they have over us. And are some of those shoulds legit? Yes, right? Like I I was at a point in my life where I'm like, I should actually spend more quality time present with my children. That was a should, right? I should spend more time, more time being present with my kids. I should spend more quality time with my kids. Yeah, that, that was legit. And that convicted me and it helped align my life with my values. And it brought me into integrity and that is powerful and it's beautiful and it's good. But you guys, most of the shoulds that are swirling around in your head and the stuff that you say to yourself when you're stuck in that comparison, my kids should eat this or my kids shouldn't eat that or my kids, you know, shouldn't watch that much TV or they shouldn't fight or my, you know, husband and I should get along or we should live in a better neighborhood or I should get a better job or I should work more. I should call my parents or we should get a dog or we should go on a summer vacation, like whatever those shoulds are. Some of them might be true, but I would venture to say that some, maybe most of them are probably not. They're probably not. And you got to get intentional and purposeful in analyzing those shoulds and weeding out all the ones that are BS and just letting them go because they will drive you crazy. Like if they are not your values, if they are not your priorities and you're constantly letting yourself just like crumble under the weight and the pressure of everyone else's shoulds, it's it's not good, you guys. It's going to lead to resentment and it's not a place where we want to be. So a boundary around all of those shoulds, right? The shoulds that you let motivate you. And then the shoulds that you examine and you call BS on and you just let go, it's a powerful practice. And you guys can start one or all of these today, right? This is not like rocket science. This is not something that is going to require finances or a bunch of time. This is like starting to protect your energy and your bandwidth by saying no, right? Set a boundary around how you speak to yourself. And allow yourself to get into a pattern of curiosity and compassion instead of self-criticism, right? Setting boundaries around comparison. Stop it, (laughs) right? It comes up in your brain. Stop it. Stop comparing. I don't know the whole story. And then finally, just really questioning all of those shoulds. Four boundaries. And they really changed my life. They really changed my motherhood experience for the better. And it all starts with that analysis of like, what am I doing? What am I tolerating that isn't serving me? It's not, comparison is not making me better. And then it's making a conscious boundary around it. And guys, like manis and many petties are great. Like, I love it. Don't get me wrong. But this stuff, like these self-care boundaries, guys, that is true self-care. Like this is the sustainable, life-giving self-care that will make you so much better, so much happier, so much so so much more fulfilled in your everyday. It will protect the best parts of you. It will make you a better human being. It will make you a better mom. It'll make you a better wife, a better friend, a better daughter, a better sister, a better business owner. Like this is it. And self-care is a practice. Like this isn't a one-off. It's not like just a one-off. Oh, I'm going to say no to this, or I'm going to like not compare myself in this moment. That's a great start, but this is a practice. This is a way of being. And it's why I'm doing this summer of self-love 
challenge in a few weeks. Registration for it, for this challenge, opens on July 17th. It's absolutely free, you guys. It's free. It's all via email because I know we're all busy and you guys are listening from all over the world in all different time zones and we all have different schedules. And this is how it's going to work. I'm going to send you one email every day for five days from July 31st to August 4th. And it's going to have like a two minute little video on it that you guys can watch and then some instructions with a challenge for the day. And this is the kind of stuff I'm going to challenge you guys with. It's going to be practical stuff. It's the kind of self-love that's actually going to make a difference for you guys. It's the kind of self-care that goes beyond affirmations, right? Like what are the mindsets? What are the actions that we can start doing or stop doing or change and replace that are loving toward ourselves? Loving toward ourselves. We are so freaking good as moms at being kind and loving to everyone around us. And I'm going to challenge you to turn all of that goodness inward and also extend it to yourself. And it's going to be powerful. So check in next week on the podcast. So check in next week on the podcast. Check in on the Facebook group, the Calm Mom Collective. If you guys are not in that Facebook group yet, pop in there. There's a link in the show notes. Join us in there. There's going to be all the information there to register. Um, Check out my social media, my Instagram. All that registration information is going to be available next week. And if you guys don't subscribe to the podcast, go ahead, maybe do that now so that you don't miss next week's episodes for when registration to the Summer of Self-Love Challenge opens. Um, It's going to be awesome. It's going to be simple, but it's going to be powerful, you guys. It's going to move the needle for you. I'm going to be going live on Facebook every day for the challenge. Um, I would just love to meet you there, hear your questions, answer them, coach you live, just see your your beautiful faces. Um, it's going to be so fun. So put that on your calendar. It's going to be the last day of July into the first week of August. Registration again opens on the 17th. It's absolutely free. It's all via email. So you have absolutely no reason not to participate. I cannot wait to see you there. All right. I love you guys so much. Thanks again for listening. I will talk to you soon. Have a good one. If you love mommy's podcast, leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be so awesome if you could take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast. And if you have just a few more seconds to leave a quick review, they really help to get this podcast out to other moms like you. I read every last review and trust me, When it's late at night or early in the morning before my kids get up and I'm working on bringing you all of this content, your reviews are what keep me going. Leaving a review is truly the best way you can thank me. And of course, DM me on Instagram. I love to hear from you. Thanks for listening to another episode. Head over to the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at michellegrosser.com where you'll find free resources, and more ways to connect with me. If you love the show, share it with a friend. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next time.